Welcome back to another episode of The Life Unmasked. Today, we are going to be talking about all things online dating. That's right. I'm going to be talking about the wonderful, or in many cases, the not-so-wonderful world that is trying to date online. Now, online dating is not a new concept for me whatsoever. In fact... I have been on dating apps far longer than I would like to admit. Even just last year, I had 12 apps downloaded to my phone. It's not a moment I'm proud of, but nonetheless, it was my reality. As I myself have been trying to navigate the world of online dating and staying hopeful that I could potentially meet my forever on there. Now, last season, I recorded an episode about something I discovered that's called swipe circuitry. It's all about this concept of learning and understanding our own patterns when it comes to online dating, like the time of day and night that we're actually going on the apps. You know, sometimes going on late at night while we're laying in bed, we aren't actually reading people's profiles. And the reasons why we're probably going on late at night is because we're lonely and we're missing having that connection. Versus going on maybe early in the evening where we're actually not just looking at the pictures, but we're taking time to actually read the profiles. Now, when I learned about this, it opened up my eyes to all the things that I had been doing wrong and why I hadn't made any meaningful connections. Perhaps it even played into the fact of how I ended up with the guy that I somewhat kind of sort of dated last year and why I ended up in the situationship that ended in disaster. So now this week, I want to take some time to expound a bit more into the world of online dating. Because let's face it, the online dating world has changed drastically over the past 10 years. I've been dating and have been on dating sites for probably longer than that, unfortunately, but it's true. And it looks so different now compared to what it did back then. And if we, if I want to do online dating well, all of us need to be able to understand the dating world a bit better. So let's jump into this week's episode. Welcome to the Life Unmasked podcast, where we talk about all things dating, relationship, and everyday life issues. If online dating feels like an unsolvable puzzle in the search for the one or whoever you're looking for, I can almost guarantee you, you're not alone. The Pew Research Center data has found that even though the number of people using online dating services is growing 
and the percentage of people who think it's a good way of meeting people is growing. More than a third of the people who report being an online dater haven't actually gone out with someone they've met online. Online dating isn't for the faint of heart, and it can be so easy to get discouraged. There's an old saying that you have to kiss a lot of frogs to find a prince. And while I might not love that idea, I do think that it does apply to the concept when it comes to online dating. It's not a one-size-fits-all. While one app might work for one, it doesn't mean that it will work for another. Now, it doesn't mean that the app itself is bad. It just means that what you might be looking for isn't tailored to what that app is designed for. And that's okay. There are so many other dating apps out there for you to try. Hence the reason why I was on 12 different dating sites last year. But the key is to finding the app that is designed for what you are wanting. Are you looking and wanting a faith-based relationship? Or are you looking for more of a hookup or something casual? There's something for everyone. There are even apps out there that are designed for this new concept that's called slow dating. But I'll get more into that in just a bit. In some ways, online dating is a different ballgame from meeting someone in real life. And in some ways, it's not. You typically have information about them before you actually meet. You may have read a short profile or you may have had a fairly extensive conversation through text or email. And similarly, when you meet someone offline, you may know a lot of information about that person ahead of time, like if you're getting set up by a friend or a family member. Or you may know very little about them, like if you meet them at a bar. But if you meet someone through a friend or family member, just having that third-party connection is a way of helping validate certain characteristics about someone, like their physical appearance, their values, personality traits, and so on. A friend might not necessarily get it right. I've experienced this. I've had friends set me up and they've completely missed the mark. But the whole point is that they're still setting you up with someone they think that you'll like. Where online daters remain online strangers up until the moment they decide to meet offline. And there are certain things about a person and a potential partner that you just can't find out from a profile or chatting online. Like, do you guys communicate well together? Or do you make one another laugh? Do you enjoy one another's company? Do you feel like you're a better person when you're with each other? Those things that really matter when it comes to making a relationship work 
are simply not available in a profile. But online dating is a way to open doors to meet and date people. And one thing that the apps and websites have going for them is that ability to simply help you meet more people. Now, while there are very limited clinical studies that have specifically analyzed online dating outcomes, there are decades of research on why relationships work and what drives people together in the first place. So when Tinder launched, the yay and nay swiping aspect became increasingly more popular. And I may not exactly prosper from this model of dating because it fosters both feelings of instant gratification and instant rejection. And I'm sure a lot of you probably feel the same way. So something that I found that works for me and what I have been trying to incorporate is this slow dating approach. And it's a trend that has been picking up more steam. Now, when I first heard of the term and it was embraced by dating apps like Hinge, I thought it meant to date, well, slowly, perhaps even taking the old-fashioned approach of delaying a first kiss. But it's actually about dating mindfully and meaningfully, and not necessarily by sacrificing momentum. Slow dating isn't necessarily slow, but it's supposed to be thoughtful. The founder and CEO, Justin McLeod of Hinge, said that he defines it as a more thoughtful approach to dating. They've noticed a trend towards helping people find more meaningful connections for some time. And they've done this by designing profiles that show off what makes you you. And they encourage you to put yourself out there just a little by liking a specific part of someone's profile. It's not only supposed to be a natural way to start a conversation, but it helps cut through the small talk so you can get out on a date faster. And it's become clear that singles are craving this more thoughtful approach because just in the last year, Hinge's activity and member base has increased over 400%. And I'm sure some of that is probably due to the fact that we were in a pandemic in 2020 and some of 2021. So I want you to think of it like this. Just like the slow food movement is a reaction to cheap and unhealthy fast food, the slow dating movement is a reaction to quick and meaningless hookups that can be made easy by dating apps. It's based on a desire for people to slow things down, get to know one another without so much pressure, and focus on high-quality connection and closeness. 
Slow dating typically entails limiting how many potential love interests you're engaging with. This can be beneficial when you're feeling the effects of swipe thumb, dating fatigue, or even burnout. Now, these are all terms that have developed out of a response to the backlash that dating apps have created by providing an overwhelming number of potential choices. Our brain on dating apps have created a binary process of choosing the right person where we have a few seconds to decide based on a few first impression photos whether you're going to swipe right or swipe left. This is more of a reflex rather than a process that utilizes decision-making to see if a three-dimensional person is someone you can interact with over coffee or drinks and if there is a connection. Dating apps, if not approached thoughtfully, can create a situation where people are overwhelmed by the number of choices. And as science tells us, when stuck in the paradox of choice, we often have a hard time choosing anybody. Some people do prefer and thrive on this reflexive dating, but Many prosper when they have fewer matches and the opportunity to humanize and be more reflective about the process. A slow dating is a way to be more engaged in the process of dating rather than becoming a consumer and a buffet of people where you can pick and choose how much you like people than believe that a relationship is a co-created process between two imperfect people in which you will change and improve with your partner. When trying to find your match, quality over quantity can sometimes be the name of the game. And what you'll hopefully discover with the fewer quantity of people is that every single person has value and is quality. And it's just a matter of discovering what's underneath the surface to see if they are someone whose internal qualities are compatible with yours. The slow dating is ideal for the busy person who knows what they want. Slow dating means you're having the space and room to think about what is going on. It's a luxury that you aren't guaranteed when going on a ton of dates with a ton of different people. Slowness is a part of every piece of mental health. It's about not rushing through life to avoid having those difficult feelings. Now, Online dating is by no means a guaranteed for meeting the love of your life. But I can offer some pointers on how to share information about yourself and how to decide who to take a chance on. 
There are small things that can help so you can date smarter, not harder. So the first one, of course, is pick your apps wisely. Online dating isn't one of those see all of your options and then make a decision games. Be selective. Some apps have a reputation for being hookup apps. Others are designed to connect users to the same religion or some other shared hobby or attribute. Use apps according to your partner preferences. If you're looking for faith-based, try using United Yun or Upward. If you're wanting something more casual or a hookup, Tinder and Bumble seems to be where to find that. And if you're wanting to slow date like I just got done talking about, OkCupid, Coffee Meets Bagel, and Hinge are designed for just that. And then, of course, if you're wanting someone who values higher education and maybe has a bit more of a high-powered job, someone that is a bit more intellectual that you can have those kind of intellectual conversations with, maybe look at joining BAP The League. The second one is make sure that you're being honest. Research shows that people tend to fall for people similar to themselves when it comes to things like relationship history, desire for children, pet preferences, and even faith. Being honest about what you want and who you are makes it more likely that the people you end up talking to and meeting are the ones that you might work out with. This is the opportunity to be clear about who you are and who you want to meet. And if you have a deal breaker issue, mentioning that front can save a lot of time and effort. Like if you're a Christian wanting to date someone who shares the same values and beliefs. Don't wait and go on a few dates with someone before you bring that up in conversation. The next one is choose a photo that puts your best foot forward or at least the one you want to show off. Photos should accurately depict your physical appearance, but they should be photos you generally like. Having never met this person before, photos can have a big bearing on likability and someone's initial attitude towards you. Some specific attributes that generally increase attractiveness and likability, according to some research, is having a genuine smile. One that makes your eyes start to crinkle up. And they have found that even having a slight head tilt increases your likability. I'm not sure why, but this is what research tells us. The next one is get to the point and do include what makes you interesting in your profile. Nobody is going to read a six-paragraph essay. People swipe through profiles quickly. So state things that are really important to you and be done with it. So do include what's distinctive about you. 
people tend to be interested in interesting people. And do include what you're looking for in a potential match. An ideal balance is 70% about you and 30% about the person you're looking for. And then, of course, you're going to want to always be open-minded. Just because someone isn't a runner or has a hobby you're not so sure about, don't give up on them. Try to be as open-minded as possible to the idea that you could grow in new ways from someone you might meet online. Remember that personal growth is one of those hallmarks that tend to make long-term relationships work. And then, of course, keep conversations somewhat short and not generic. There are certain aspects of a relationship you're never going to be able to gather from online interactions alone. Don't draw out the pre-face-to-face meeting for too long. Keep online pre-meeting exchanges to two weeks or shorter and actually make an effort to get to know someone. Ask about a specific part of someone's profile or about their likes and their dislikes. And of course, have fun. Using dating apps should be fun. It shouldn't feel like work. Now I know that's easier said than done. But if it's starting to feel like a chore or you're not enjoying yourself or you're feeling bad about who you are, then take a a break and try something else. Most online daters will know how they're feeling and when they need to take a break. So I highly encourage you, if you're not having fun, if it's an enjoyable process, or if you're feeling the dating fatigue or exhaustion or burnout, it's okay to take a step back and to regroup and refocus and really figure out what you're looking for. Because it could be that maybe you're just using the wrong app or maybe you are actually in burnout mode. So figure out what you're feeling. So, of course, now this next one is we all know about the red flags that we should look out for when it comes to online dating. Especially, you know, the, the posting no pish, pictures to them talking about their ex. There's a lot of things to avoid. But one thing that isn't often talked about is what are the green flags for online dating. This is the the good things to look for in online dating instead of the red flags. So some I've compiled a list. So here are some of the the green flags to look out for. Um the first one is they clearly say what they are looking for. People who are serious about dating tend to say so in their profile. For instance, they might say, looking to settle down or hoping to find someone I can spend the rest of my life with. These phrases make their intentions clear, so it is easier for you to work out 
if they are on the same page as you. After all, dating can be a minefield, so it is always good to be specific. The next one is they actually read your profile. If someone is really interested in you, they will take the time to read your profile. They will understand that attraction alone isn't enough for a long-term relationship. So they will learn about you and your interests to make sure you are compatible. The third one is they have a personalized opener. Guys, this one is key. So hear me out on this one. Someone who takes time to think of a unique, fun opener is probably more interested in you than someone who just sends a generic hey. Now, while there is nothing wrong with just saying hi, having a personalized opener only takes a few seconds to do. And saying hi doesn't let you know if they've read your profile or not. It also doesn't give you much to work with conversation-wise. This is why reading the profile is so key because you can have a great opener based on something that that person has written in their profile. The next one is that their pictures have variety. Now, there's nothing wrong with someone posting a selfie or two, but this doesn't let potential matches know much about their lives. People who are looking for serious connections tend to share more about their life and their hobbies. For instance, they might post a picture of them hiking, or they might have a picture with their pet or their friends. And of course... They smile in their pictures. Smiling pictures are nearly always a good sign. They show that a person is positive and cheery, and it also tends to make them seem more attractive. Various studies have actually found that people become more desirable when they smile. And of course, the last one is they are verbally positive. People who say things like no gold diggers or no people who use text speak are normally focused on the negative side of life and the negative side of dating. While people who talk about the things they love tend to have a better mindset. They choose to focus on the good things in life and dating rather than clinging to the negative experiences and this shows where their maturity is actually at. Sure, of course, everyone is allowed to be annoyed by certain things, but choosing to mention this in a short bio could mean that the person is judgmental or frustrated. Instead, choose to match with positive people who will improve your mindset and your life. Now, lastly, I want to share how you can help yourself with how to date more wisely. So here are just a few tips on how to help improve your own personal dating game. Be aware of your own blind spots. 
it doesn't matter if you've been doing online dating for years or simply just a few days. Either way, it is always beneficial to be aware of your own blind spots. It can be difficult to do a truly honest self-evaluation, but this will help you to identify any behaviors that could be stopping you from meeting the right person. After all, many people accidentally self-sabotage when they are dating, from jealousy to fearing commitment. There are lots of common behaviors that make it hard to find love. Some behaviors are also less obvious. For instance, maybe you always prioritize your date's feelings over your own. And over time, this could result in an unfair relationship where your feelings aren't actually being considered. The next one, of course, something I've already talked about, is you go for quality over quantity. This phrase is well known for a reason. Sure, you may feel productive swiping for hours or sending the generic hello messages to all of your matches, but this doesn't necessarily increase your odds of finding someone. In fact, it is more likely to give you dating fatigue or dating exhaustion. And I, for one, have been there and don't want to go back. So instead of casting a wide net, focus on quality over quantity. Be picky with your matches and really make an effort to hold an interesting conversation rather than just expecting the other person to make all the effort. Also, you want to make sure that there's an effort to be specific. You should also spend time curating your dating profile. Lots of people just upload one picture and a one-sentence bio, but this will reduce the number of matches you actually get. Instead, add at least two pictures and provide a few interesting details. Talk about your interests and your hobbies and be clear about what you want. For instance, if you want a serious relationship rather than a casual one, say that. This means you will more likely match with people who are on the same page as you. And the last one is don't forget about dating in real life. There, I said it. Now, with that, the, pan- the pandemic has made it very hard to meet people organically, but now that the world has pretty much reopened, at least here in the U.S., this could be potentially a great way and a great option for dating now and in the future. Maybe consider looking at taking classes that sound interesting to you or visit bookstores and maybe go to coffee shops alone. Maybe join meeting like meetup groups, whatever it is. While online dating is an option, don't forget that also meeting people in real life is an option too. 
All right. That is the end of today's episode. I know there was a ton of information in there. There's always going to be a ton when it comes to online dating. But I hope that this has helped you maybe understand online dating a little bit more. Maybe not. Anyways, I hope that you found this episode as enjoyable and eye-opening. And also, if you haven't had the chance, make sure to go check out the episode about Swipe Circuitry in Season 1, Episode 2. All right, guys. I hope you guys have a great day. And until next week, bye. If you like today's podcast, make sure to share it with friends, family, and whoever you feel needs to hear it. Also, make sure to follow the Life Unmasked podcast as well as my own account on Instagram. I try to post new content almost daily and I also do Instagram lives where I bring on guests to talk about different topics. You can find us at Life underscore unmasked underscore podcast and at Kimmy Sue 1987. I love to hear from my listeners so if you'd like make sure to send me a DM. Until next time.